I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. This is Song vs. Song, and we are going to do one that I have been wanting to do for quite a while. Are you ready, Dan? No. Yes, you are. <laughs> this week, we are going to do the 2005 showdown of songs people hate. To an extent, I guess. We are doing Gwen Stefani's Hollaback Girl versus the Black Eyed Peas' My Humps. Two absolutely legendary, unforgettable songs that everyone loves or hates. I got a bone to pick with you. Go ahead. So, you know very well that I don't like the episodes where you take songs I don't like. Because I don't <laughs> like, I don't, I'm the opposite of every critic we know. I don't like not liking things. It's not fun for me. I'm not smart enough to be able to uh, elucidate people with some original take about why thing bad. It's not really, it's not my thing. So what I will say to you is this. You chose the cruel thing, and it was right there. It was, you know, it was, you could have just gone back in time a decade and done me a solid and given me something that I like. (laughs) <laughs> you, you decided to do the song with where it's it's a it's Gwen Stefani being a right. meme versus Fergie being a stupid girl. When what you could have did mm-hmm. was go back to 1995 and have Gwen Stefani do a thing that's a meme, and have Shirley Manson be a, stupid, a stupid girl, girl. and well, then I, I could have enjoyed myself, but no. We'll, we'll do someday no doubt. We will, and someday we will do that. That very episode would be good. That would be good. Just a girl versus stupid girl. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, I mean, we don't, we haven't uh, repeated any artists yet, but, you know, Gwen Stefani and No Doubt are completely separate as far as I'm concerned. Well, yes, but also we're going to have to talk about it because I don't know how to talk about her first record, Gwen Stefani's that is, without talking about certain aspects of her career prior. You are an OG fan of No Doubt. Like. That's true. That is true. That's the only reason that I feel like I've wound up in the situation that I found up in, that I, that I wound up in. And I'll say this, I think that's true for most people. So I believe this will be a blowout in that I read the comments and everyone said it was a blowout. <laughs> and I have to assume that very few people voted for my humps. My hump, my hump, my humps. Well, I don't get that because, you know, I know that my humps is annoying, but it's provocative. It gets the people going. Does it? (laughs) So here's the thing. I don't don't remember 2005. I'm old. I'm frail, you see. My mind's going. So I don't have a lot of 2005 memories. That's the middle time. I don't know that stuff. Uh, But in 2020... I can't imagine anyone giving a shit. Um, you would be surprised. Like people who are, you know, at least my age, have very vivid memories of both these songs and very strong feelings about it. And like those are the kind of things that don't go away. And uh, you said you think this is a blowout. Like I remember Holla Back Girl being very popular and not being widely hated. And that's a reputation that kind of just slowly grew over time. It's not uncommon to hear people call Hollaback Girl one of the worst songs ever. Versus My Humps, which was humongously popular, yet completely despised the second it hit people's ears. My Humps is like one of those songs that just comes around every once in a while that is so bad that everyone kind of agrees it's bad, but also catchy enough that everyone remembers it 
and they can't get rid of it. It's the like a disco duck or an ice ice baby. Yes, I believe I saw that comment. Yeah. Wait, disco uh, duck. Uh, disco duck is the is Donald Duck singing a song, isn't it? Is that what we're talking about? Is it Donald Duck? It's some. Disco it's, a, duck? it's a it's a radio DJ doing a Donald Duck impression. Let me tell you something. A duck voice. I had I think I had it on tape and loved it when I was a kid. Disco duck. So I don't know what that yeah. says about me, other than maybe I should not be the co-host of this podcast. <laughs> No, but I'm, I remember a song called Disco Duck. It was on a, it was on a tape, but it was on a Disney tape. That's why I'm confused. Maybe maybe Disney. I'll have to look into it. Maybe you're gotta, thinking I of a. Look it up. I think you may be thinking of a different disco song starring a duck. It's no man. It was it was Donald Duck. It was Disco Duck. I I will look it up. I'll look into it. I think there may be get, one more than one Disco Duck song. Perhaps there is. I enjoyed it very thoroughly. Um, is what I can tell you. And once again, I think that that. Um, I have to hand in my my song versus song co-host card. Honestly, I'm more curious in like these classically bad songs. I rem- I'm more curious to hear defenses of it because I can absolutely hear a defense of my humps. And uh, you know, if you don't like disliking songs, my advice to you is to like both these songs. My opinion about both of these songs is that I just don't have one. Like I listened, I went back and forth and listened to them over and over again in the last week, and all I kept thinking was, "You don't, you don't see the badness. You don't see the greatness." No, I don't. Like my the 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 whole my humps thing. Like you said that you you feel that it's it's evocative or provocative. No, I'm qu- I'm quoting Will Ferrell in Blades of Glory. Ah, uh, all right. I don't know. <laughs> he was I don't... a bit, Will Ferrell in Blades of Glory was a very big fan of my humps. He said it I'm was ne- provocative. And I've never, I've never seen that movie. Can you explain the joke further for me? <laughs> uh, no, so I, I look. I don't get anything off of it. I don't... Like, I guess... I, what was 2005 like? I don't remember. If you it wanted... Was- honestly, if you wanted to listen to the song and like it, you could say that you could argue it is empowering in the sense that here is a woman who says, I like my body, I'm going to use my body to get things. And the guy being like, essentially, I'm fine with that. Do, do we get to fuck? Yes. <laughs> cool. Is it high art? No. Is there anything else that was coming out at the time that was like it? Yes. Didn't, didn't uh, Callus's milkshake come out like a year or two prior to that? Yeah, 2004 is Milkshake, and 2005 is My Humps. You hate Milkshake, though, don't you? You hate that song. I really don't like Milkshake, no. And See, and I liked that song. Oh, Let's go way, way back. We were, we were starting to talk about No Doubt. Sure. Were you into Gwen Stefani's solo stuff? Because she certainly had more than Hollaback Girl, being a, an old-school No Doubt fan. I liked the first song off that album. What You Waiting For? Yeah, I remember. No one getting, remembers that one. Oh, not I do. Yeah, so do I. But that one um, certainly I, faded in the wake of Hollaback Girl. I love that song. Um, that was the first track I heard because I got the album. Like I, I loved Gwen Stefani for the for the record. Um, mm-hmm. I remember Tragic Kingdom coming out in '95 or getting it in '95 and um, wanting to be Gwen Stefani. Because she kind of had it all, you know? 
Like she was kind of femme, a little bit butch, and she had a bendy, which we'll talk about later. Oh, oh yeah. Oh man. A lot to say. A lot to say about that and the and what came after. But I don't know, man. She just seemed really relaxed. She seemed very happy. She seemed like a person that was born to be famous, was very good at being famous, and. I don't know. I was just I I put her poster up on my wall and imagined that I could be her. It truly, I mean like I all joking aside, it was her and Charlie Manson. Those were my two. Those were my two that I would put up on the wall and say that's what if I could be anybody, it would be one of those two. Which is weird because I I don't know that other than that they were lead singers of groups and were both women that they have anything else particularly in common. No, Shirley Manson Manson was not a happy girl. No, she was only happy when it rains. That's true. That's true. Is my my understanding. But uh, yeah, no, I loved her then. And so when she had an album coming out that was just hers, I was really excited because, I don't know, no doubt I loved Tragic Kingdom and then I liked the albums that came out after that. But I kind of got the sense that she was going to do some like big weird pop stuff and I thought great you know I I really saw the possibility in Gwen Stefani being a capital A artist and yeah. when I heard what you waiting for I was like okay maybe and I heard rich girl and I, I thought uh, okay mm-hmm. and then Hollaback happened and I, I was like I don't I don't know <laughs> okay that some people will tell you that Hollaback girl is the worst song it ever made I like Hollaback girl I liked it a lot um, for me, the part where I started worrying about Gwen Stefani being an artist, capital A artist, was that last No Doubt album before she went solo. Uh, what, Rocksteady? Yeah, because I hated Hey Baby. I absolutely hated it. I thought it was like the worst thing I'd ever heard. And in fact, like it was. I remember like I was still learning to play piano at the time, and I kind of realized like I'd actually rather listen to myself plonking on keys than this performance she's doing on SNL I think this is terrible and I was like that was like the first sign of like the selling out that was gonna happen at least that's what I thought at the time oh I never got that vibe never no 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 so all right so I mean saying nothing new whatsoever but uh, actually you know what let's let's start here so in the research that I did do Mm. I linked to a thing or I took a, a screen grab you may have seen it on Twitter, follow me on Twitter. I, I did see that, yep. Uh, so there was a, a person whose name I won't say because I don't want to be an asshole and, and ruin his life uh, who wrote a review of uh, Love Angel Music Baby that for, opens with, oh, for, for Pitchfork. For pitchfork. Mm-hmm. And, and the opening of the review is, Gwen Stefani should stick to making bum flaps. Not quite a skirt, not quite a dish rag. The Stefani bum flap dangles off the guts of our divorced aunts and 12-year-old mall slut daughters. The ones who steal live strong bracelets, live strong bracelets, and dry hump public school kids in pack sun dressing rooms. This is his, this is the, this is what this guy said. And then there's a, there's another line here towards the end, which is really bad. The metamorphosis between, uh, let's see, the metamorphosis began with her Eve and Dr. Dre collaboration on 2001's killer single, Let Me Blow Your Mind, and is completed here with her solo debut, Love Angel Music Baby, a spineless, star-fucked advertisement for her high-end clothing line. 
Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, this review sucks. This review, <laughs> this is this is garbage. And here's the thing: what I had said to somebody else about this, and what I'll say now is this: if you're a professional music reviewer, if that's your job, you should know something about the artist. Like, for example, that Gwen Stefani, as a clothing designer, is a is a thing and was a thing from the very beginning of her music career. This was always like two things that she did. It was just that when she was with No Doubt, she did it for herself. And it's not weird that she wanted to delve into doing that professionally. And that doesn't mean that she can't do that and still be an artist. It's very weird to fixate on, quote, bum flaps, whatever the fuck that is. I think that's just what she called the miniskirts. Yeah, I, I know. I know what it is. But it's still... It's a very specifically and purposefully derogatory way of talking about them and also to refer to 12-year-olds oh, as mall sluts. The fuck? I... It's, it's bad. It really almost made me want to say the guy's name. But I again, like, I'm not the, the sort we, to sick the internet on a person. We all had stupid, edgy phases 15 years ago. But it like, sure, it we sure is that. We were published in Pitchfork, man. Like... It's it's a it's a yikes from me, dog. But so like look, here's the thing. I don't is this a spineless star fucked ad? No. No. It isn't. Honestly, what my perception of that first album at the time was something a little closer to like Lady Gaga where it was yes. like pure pop, but it was like coming at it like at a weird angle and like maybe like a tiny bit like ironic or sarcastic or something like that. I mean, it's hard to take seriously just straight on because, you know, she, Gwen Stefani was a known entity at the time. Like, like we knew she was like a rock star before she doing this. So it was more, you know, ironic, I guess. I, so, so there's two things happening, right? So one, the Lady Gaga thing is spot on. I remember listening to What You're Waiting For and because of the people that I was friends with within that couple year span, I remember associating that song that track very strongly with a lot of the tracks off of Lady Gaga's first big album they've got very similar vibes to me they're both very blonde they both even have kind of similar faces I don't know I just yeah. like there was something about the the sort of fun poppiness of it um the, the grandiosity that I just appreciated and that's the first thing and then the second thing is that Holla Back Girl is very specifically designed to be a fuck you to Courtney Love there are so many songs out there that you were like, and the backstory is this is a diss track about Courtney Love. Yes, I saw a 90, list of 90% like of them, them. Are, are Nirvana songs, of course, but you know. Foo Fighters, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins, Nine Inch Nails, Tori Amos. I think Sinead O'Connor has one. Like, it's really insane. But yeah, but you know, yeah, Courtney, girl, Courtney Love, yeah, Courtney Love basically said that Gwen Stefani was just a cheerleader. Like, there's something fucking wrong with that. I mean, first of all, she's not. But second of all, let's say Gwen Stefani is a is a great cheerleader for pop music. So fucking what? Sounds great. I'd love that job. What's the problem? Yeah, well, it's funny because Courtney Love had her own glam period also. Like, I don't know she when sure she did. said... I don't know when that quote came out. Maybe this was before she went celebrity skin, but... It's very weird. It's very weird to watch to watch that be a thing. And also... Here's a question. Do you think it really got like did it get under Gwen Stefani's skin? Was she was she bothered or was this just a, like a funny response? 
Was she just having us? Like, I don't see, I don't listen to Hollaback Girl and go, man, what a diss track. Man, she really yeah. got Courtney Love dead to rights. It doesn't really seem to me like Gwen Stefani cares beyond she thought she could make a funny song about it. Yeah, well, she, what she said was like, I want, well, the song, the, the album's almost finished, but we need like a hard, like, attitude song. Something that makes me like seem like a badass. And, uh, that was that was it, and I tell you what I liked. What you waiting for? I didn't really like Rich Girl, but when Hollaback Girl dropped, my mind was just like absolutely blown. I was like, this is the most insane sounding thing I have ever heard. Like, none of the individual pieces seemed to go together, and none of it really seemed to make sense. And and that was even before you got to the part where the shit was bananas. B a n a n a s yes. B a n a n a n a n a s yes. Banana nanas. Banana nanas. Yeah. I I have no idea. Like thinking this seems like silly to me now, but I was like, wow, this is the most mind blowing thing I've ever seen. This is nuts. This is a you know this is bananas. And I was like, I thought it was a like a really amazing thing. Even though, matter of fact, let me. Uh, I don't know if it worked. It's like. It shouldn't have come together, and in the end, it didn't. It's a mess of a song, but I was I was really impressed with it at the time, and I remember people being fairly impressed with it too. And I think this was like right around the time of like Pitchfork's big pop migrate. Well, maybe not Pitchfork specifically, as we've just read. Yeah, but like the indie scene started really taking pop music more seriously around two thousand two ish, and I. Th- I think Pitchfork was kind of out of step with the regular indie heads out there. They were like, actually, this is cool and interesting for Gwen Stefani to be doing this. I mean, look, let's just... The song is is fine. I think in 15 years of time, it's just become a meme. It's not a song, it's just a meme. It's just that shit is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah, That's now what in people hind- remember. Now in hindsight, it just seems like a stupid song... And I think Gwen Stefani's pop career and the way it's progressed has kind of put a damper on how much, uh, how cool it is in hindsight. Because that second album didn't do so well. There were some good songs on it, but I think I remember Gwen Stefani being not even impressed with herself. Is like, yeah, I don't know about this pop stuff anymore. Like, it's not. It's it feels really phony to me, and I was you know it was fun for a little bit, but I'm I'm going back to no doubt. And that didn't really pan out either. Well, you know, she, it didn't. I mean, look, it, it's so annoying that that Pitchfork review came for her as a as a clothing designer because mm-hmm. you know what Gwen Stefani's fucking great at that. <laughs> really good. Like I look, I went back that first year that she put out Lamb stuff is okay. You know, there's some hits and some misses, but I remember in the in the mid to late uh, 2000s. I had a lot of friends that if, you know, if their bodies were kind of a little bit straight up and down, you know, if they weren't too hippie, which Mm -hmm. Gwen Stefani wasn't. Gwen Stefani was one of those people that was a little bit straight up and down in the hips. Mm -hmm. Um, She made clothing, uh, jeans in particular, but a lot of things that were really well suited to women with that body type. And so I had a lot of friends that really loved Lamb. And because not only did it look good on their bodies, but also it was just interesting from a creative perspective like Gwen Stefani is a good good designer you can say whatever else you want to say about her she is good at that 
And there are things to say. You know, when I think back to this album, when I think back to All About Girl, my remembrance of it is, you know, that music video where it's her and a bunch of Japanese girls and her saying kawaii. Oh, the fucking Japanese, the Harajuku girls. But the the problem with that is that it was predicated on a history of her having already done this. Every new record was, you know, was a new phase for her. She was Mm -hmm. like David Bowie, except if David Bowie was somebody that consistently appropriated a different culture every time. I, I, I I wasn't bothered by the Bindi Jewel. I wasn't bothered by her trips into reggae and ska, but like... The Harajuku girls, I was like, okay, there's a line. This feels weird. This feels really weird. In hindsight, it, all of it feels weird. And I'll tell you there, I've, you know, it's not for me to decide what is okay and what isn't, but certainly I, I knew plenty of Indian people who looked back at, at Gwen with the bindi and are like, fuck you, Gwen. Fuck you yeah. a little bit. You know, so I think in hindsight it didn't age well. You know, at the time in 95, do I remember a lot of people making that complaint? No. Were there people? I'm sure there were, but it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like this is the t- the pre Twitter days. It just you know it just wasn't happening. Yeah. Now in 2020, you know I think people look at Gwen Stefani, and this is the the big hallmark of her career musically is that she kept the lifting from other cultures every time, and it bothers some people, and that is why I think it is so great that she finally leaned in and married the whitest man on the face of the earth and had his children, Blake Shelton. I, people are people are mad about this. I think this is the most honest choice Gwen Stefani has ever made creatively on a personal level. No, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's very weird. And, and, you know, for an artist that I really loved growing up, I find that it's hard for me to look at songs of hers, whether I loved them or didn't at the time, and not think about this particular element. It's hard for it not to weigh on me a little bit and impact my ability to enjoy the thing. Okay, well, we've talked Hollaback Girl to death pretty well. We have. Well, it feels like this one, I didn't realize this, but this is uh, this segment is going to be me educating you about the history of the Black Eyed Peas because... It's great because people don't come to this podcast to hear me, so <laughs> well, go you know, for it. It is absolutely insane to me that you can listen to my humps and be apathetic about it. Like, at the time, I remember, like, people's minds being blown at just, like, this is the worst fucking thing in the universe. In fact, if you'd told me you actually loved my humps, that would make more sense to me than you not having any feelings about it whatsoever. I, I It makes me laugh now. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I, yeah, I just don't remember it really, yeah, I don't remember it having any impact. But I listened to the longer album version, I listened to... Uh, you know, like remixes. I, of course, listened to <laughs> Alanis the, Morissette. The, yes, the Alanis Morissette version. Knew exactly where that was going. Yeah. I forgot about that entirely, but it, of, of course, she did it and she did it incredibly. You like, man, Alanis Morissette, who knew that she was going to age so well for her? Who knew? <laughs> God, I fucking love Alanis. Just great. Anyway, I don't know. I listen to it now, and I'm sure that in 2005, if I had any opinion about it, I would have thought it was kind of gross because I don't, I don't know, Todd, I can't really speak for you, but uh, I'm not terribly in touch with my own sexuality. So that's really mostly where my apathy slash occasional disgust comes from. When people are really talking about being sexy and like 
shaking that ass, all that ass inside them jeans. I just have no connection to it. It seems weird. Like, why would you? What's the point of this? I don't understand people being sexually attracted to each other in this way. I, I know that people do, but it's so far removed from me that that's why I can't feel one way or the other. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm fine with this. Kind, well, I'm fine with some songs. I really like Bootylicious. I am not a fan of Milkshake, which along with Hollaback Girl is a Pharrell beat. And you couldn't pay me to explain why I like Milkshake and not Hollaback Girl. It, it makes no real logical sense. So I was introduced to pop music around the TRL era. And occasionally they would try and rep... MTV would try and rep for this underground hip-hop act called the Black Eyed Peas. And they were like these bohemian, like, wannabe Wyclef, kind of fit in with the roots, kind of hippie backpacker rap. They were like the smart guys of hip-hop. And they did two albums like that, including at least one song I remember liking called Joints and Jam. And I guess at some point it became clear that they were not actually good enough MCs to make it on those terms. They were never going to be the biggest thing in the universe. So, randomly in 2003, there was suddenly a white girl in the band. And no one could explain where she came from or why she was there. And they had a big hit song called Where is the Love? Ugh. Now, you can go, ugh. But it is like the only song that makes sense from where they started to where they ended up. Like, it's the one transition point between the far end of the spectrums that they wound up on. And it was a trick. It was a trick to get them onto the the pop charts, and from there they did not look back. And it turns out Will I Am is a producer who's really good at something, I'm not sure what, but he has the ability to just make and deliver hooks like insanely that get are insanely catchy and that stick in your head. Okay, so in 2000, they went from going to working with Most Def to working with Justin Timberlake in 2003. And then in 2005, they went all in. That's when they made their, I don't know what album that, Elefunk or Monkey Business? Monkey Business? Mm, I think Elefunk. Well, no, I could be wrong. I think Monkey Business is the one with my humps on it. My Humps was not supposed to be a single. It wasn't even supposed to be a Black Eyed Peas song. They were going to give that to the Pussycat Dolls, which would make more sense. But, yes, you know, I can th- see that. Gosh, the Pussycat Dolls. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a fucking moment in time. <laughs> I mean, Lindsay was just telling us, boy, the Bush years were a really stupid era for, <laughs> for pop <laughs> they music. Were not, they were not great. But yeah, this is just supposed to be a, an album track. But the first single doesn't really go anywhere. Instead, the DJs are attracted to My Humps, which to this day is like one of the most insanely catchy songs I've ever heard. And I remember a critic at the time like rating it for like a website or something. It was like, and he gave it a five. He was like, well, that's a 10 for the beat and a zero for the lyrics. My Humps is like, I, I'm surprised you can't tell this on your own, but My Humps is, uh, you know, hated as much as it is because it has the worst lyrics I've ever seen in any. Any song. The worst. The absolute worst. My humps? What's, what's the worst? What's the worst lyric in there? Can you pick one? Is there a worst? I mean, let's start with the title. Okay. My humps. 
No one has ever looked at someone and said, look at those humps. That's not a thing. Sure they have. Well, I mean, if they've got a hunchback, maybe. Maybe if they're talking yeah. like e- Igor you, from Young Frankenstein. You, you never gone whale watching before? Okay, yes, it is a whale, a humpback whale, going, my humps, my humps, my humps. Did you not know? This is a whale watcher song. <laughs> the problem is there's just not any single one-syllable word that means tits and ass. So they just went with humps, and then inexcusably with lovely lady lumps. Yeah, lumps is terrible. Because <laughs> the hump is the is the butt, correct? That's the butt area. And then the lump is the breast area? Is that I, m- what I meant to think? I always thought humps and lumps were both tits and ass, both of them. Humps means tits and ass, lump means tits and ass. Well, historically, then I stand corrected. But here's the thing about it. If I, I could be wrong. I could be any, wrong. If in any capacity means breasts, I just, you know, I'm, again, I'm sure that I am not inventing the wheel today. But when I think of breasts and lumps, <laughs> I'm not filled with a good feeling. <laughs> no, and I remember people saying this at the time. It was like, that means cancer. That means cancer. Yes, pop music has finally been metastasized. <laughs> you know, I did find out that they did repurpose, I, you know, the Divinals repurpose I Touch Myself as a breast cancer song. That's silly. Hey, listen, does it help people? It helps people more than my humps did. There you go. All right, so... Hold on. I'm not even remotely done with finding bad lyrics here. Go ahead. Okay. They say I'm really sexy... The boys, they want to sex me. That would be the worst line in most other songs. But the very worst, I think, is mix your milk with my Cocoa Puff. Milky, milky, cocoa, mix your milk with my Cocoa Puff. Milky, milky, right. So what you're telling me is you're against interracial relationships. What's wrong with you? No, I don't. I don't know what to say, but yes, it's terrible. I don't. I don't know why I'm carrying on this extended charade. <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. I, I'll say this: they bring up seven genes and true religion, and and that sent me. Wait, I went, what? I went time traveling when I heard the, those 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 genes brands. Wait, what? What was it? Uh, seven genes and true religion. I don't know what those mean. I mean, double check me, but I believe that those are those were brands of jeans at the time. I had know, no idea. That's uh, that's that 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 great era of time wherein some of us, perhaps not all of us, but some of us, myself included, were wearing the ultra low rise jeans. Truly, if there is one thing that terrifies me more than anything else about the twenty year nostalgia cycle. It is that we are about to circle back around on low-rise jeans and whale tails. See, it is about whales. You remember <laughs> the whale tail, right, with the thong in them? Yes, I remember the whale tail. So this is that's that, why that, they said that humps. Cannot you come see, back. this 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 humps thing has got extended meanings, man. It's meanings on meanings that you just didn't catch. You're just not smart enough, Todd. You just don't see it. You know, the the funny thing is, I still feel kind of ridiculous trying to make the case that Hollow Batgirl is some work of genius, but my humps is, like, the lowest of the low. But I feel, I, that's how I feel, like, Will I Am always felt like the, like, evil counterpart of Pharrell or Timbaland or Missy as as a producer. 
Like, but and I, I would honestly be interested in hearing someone make a case that Will I Am is in fact a great producer on the line of the Neptunes, or it's not. It's not me. I don't see the thing is I don't have the know how to do that. What I can say is this. Again, looking at it through a 2020 lens, I just think it's kind of fun and stupid and mindless, and that's okay. I don't think it's trying to be anything more or less than that. What was in the marketing of Gwen Stefani at the time that had us all convinced that there was high art here? Because you and I both were talking about this. I said that I, you know, I was like, oh, this is some capital A art type of shit. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think this about Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas did not merit my time at all. I don't know. There's just kind of like a sense of like there is not really any surface underneath any of the Black Eyed Peas stuff. It's just what it is is what it is versus there always seemed to be some kind of like ironic layer. Like like we say about Ga- Lady Gaga, some kind of weirdness to it. I don't know. Lady Gaga, I mean, I like Lady Gaga, but she could be so literal. Whereas (laughs) my humps, I don't know. Is this Dada? Like, what's What's, happening here? I'm going to make the argument. I think it is. Because it doesn't mean anything. But it's provocative. In that way, it can mean anything. Oh, and it asks us such important questions like, uh, what what you going to do with all that junk? And all that breast inside that shirt. Fifteen years later, I don't know. I don't know. I am a work in progress. Both Gwen and the Black Eyed Peas are charting right now. But not what so so Black Eyed Peas are doing it without Fergie though, because Fergie has decided that she wants to put her attention on being a mom. That is the that is the line that has been given. Yes, Fergie, who is really the powerhouse of my humps, has uh, vacated the group. They've found someone else to replace her. And they're doing reggaeton stuff now, or reggaeton-ish stuff. And they're back on the charts again. I heard them on the radio all the time. Gwen Stefani has a new song out with Blake Shelton that's doing okay-ish on the country charts. Neither of them are any Hollaback Girl or My Humps kind of thing, for better or for worse. I'm just glad that Gwen Stefani is appropriating country music. (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful. Honestly, I think she does it worst of all. She's just so... It fits her so weird. I don't... I mean, I have no sense of her now. She's such a... I mean, I... I so, you know, she was the, she was one of the hosts on the on, on the on the voice for a while. Yes. Because Pharrell did it, and her and Pharrell are buddies. Right. And um, I remember I hadn't really thought about her much, and then I saw her there, and I thought immediately, she almost looks exactly the same... So my real takeaway at the time was, who is Gwen Stefani's plastic surgeon and how much do they cost? Because she definitely has like some filler stuff done and there's nothing wrong with that at all. It's incredible work, but it throws you, right? Because when somebody looks as though they have not aged a day, like I know you've lived, you are married, you got divorced, you were in bands, you made a line of clothing. You've lived a life, but like she's just, you'd never, I, I don't think Gwen Stefani gives anything away. Like, hand to God, I don't know anything about Gwen Stefani. I feel like I know nothing about her. Yeah, that's a, that's a funny thing. I don't either. Like, you know, she seemed so relatable in the 90s and like you did know her, like you'd want, like you'd want to, you know, be around her. And at some point, like, even though she said she was tired of being the pop 
star. She never kind of, she kind of never stopped. She kind of just got more remote. But the thing is that I can't I can't be mad at that. Like the the Blake Shelton thing on a personal level because he's Blake Shelton made me want to barf. <laughs> yeah, but okay. you know. But she's 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 a goddamn grown up, and Gwen Stefani has a lot to be with whoever the fuck she wants to be with. She was with Gavin Rosdale for a long time. She mm-hmm. clearly, if there's nothing else we know, she clearly was not happy when that thing split up, and I can evidence that by the fact that she went and moved on with the absolute furthest op- opposite of Gavin Rosdale that you could find. Gavin Rosdale is is the opposite of Blake Shelton. They are, you could, like, literally, he is the, you know, it's like he's the Fiji. Like, if you were to go straight through the other side of the earth, <laughs> that's where you'd wind up. So, I guess I know that, but I can't be mad at anybody who's in the game for a really long time and realizes, you know what? I don't want people to know anything about me, because the less they know about me, the more I can just fucking live. And if that's what it is, and let's be fair, we know people who have been in, in, in the game of one industry or another, and the way that that most of those people thrive are by making it so that their business is nobody else's business. That is correct. So you can't be you can't you in particular cannot be mad at Gwen <laughs> Stefani. I'm not because she's she is just doing what you did all along. She is Gwen in the shadows. That's perfectly fine. Oh, you want to do the three questions? Sure, we can do three questions. I, I apologize that I don't. I just the thing is that there don't. These don't feel like songs to me. They feel like memes, so I don't know how to approach them That's from a it. song place. That's entirely fair. That is an entirely accurate assessment. But, you know, it, it, it is weird that they were actual songs that people listened to on the radio constantly. They were like, I think Holla Girl went to number one. I forget how high My Humps was. Certainly in the top ten. Yeah, no, they both were pretty big. In My Humps year. won All a right. Grammy. It sure did. It sure <laughs> fucking did. Okay. All right. So three questions. We asked you three questions. This kind of helps center us. Helps yes. us give a, a good sense of of you know when, when we get far afield, as we have gone very far the fuck afield in this episode. Um, I feel kinda, like we've yeah. gone a lot further in other episodes, but I don't know, man. This is really something we were talking. I talked about jeans for a while. So look, it's part of the asked, song. <laughs> we asked the three questions. They help center us. Mm-hmm. Think about the songs. Question number one. One of these songs must be lost eternally to time. They must go away forever. They just get flushed down the, the, the toilet of eternity, never to be remembered. It's just gone from your mind. One of these songs gets to stay. What song for the posterity of the human race must remain? I think I'm leaning towards my humps. You're goddamn right. <laughs> I don't even know how that's a debate. Holla Batgirl is a, a big song, a song we all remember. But it feels like my humps has to happen just like as a cautionary tale <laughs> or like, you know, like the Titanic has to sink so that we understand that safety standards are important. Here's my, here's the thing. I don't know that there's any way that my hump, 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 that thing. Uh-huh. Weirdly, as simple as that seems, in the grand scheme of monkeys clacking away at a typewriter... I think it is more likely that those monkeys are going to come up with separately, out of sight of Hollaback Girl, the shit is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Not just because they're monkeys, but just because it kind of seems like a thing already. Yeah. So I think if we lost that, which is the only part of Hollaback Girl that really matters, 
Uh, yeah, man. I think that somehow in the ether that the shit is bananas would still make its way back in in some other form. Whereas my hump, my hump, my hump, my hump, my hump, my lovely lady lump can only be the result of the black eyed peas. Nobody else would ever, ever, ever come up with that. So yeah, I mean, if only one can stay, it's gotta be my humps. It has to be. That has to exist. It I must. Can't, I can't believe we both agreed on that, but here we are. Here we are. All right, so now you could be a fly on the wall. You can, from soup to nuts, and that includes as many drafts as you want, includes the album that the, the thing's released on, and music video, the whole thing. And sometimes even, in this case, the music video of somebody else covering the song. <laughs> Which is the one that you kind of, you wish you could see the whole journey of? Because, you know, you listed a whole bunch of different things, and I think uh, my... Uh my answer to these, I might have separate answers for these separate parts because the the My Humps video is garbage. Like, it, it looks like crap. It looks like they made it for five bucks. I would absolutely want to see the Hollaback Girl episode be, uh, video being made. The song itself, you know, I'm not sure where I'd go with that because I'd certainly want to see Pharrell work his magic in the studio because, I don't know, like, Hollaback Girl is such a, a weirdly made song, weird and minimalist. I think he made Drop It Like It's Hot that same year or something like that. Both, he was in a very weird phase of his career. Gosh, yeah, just imagine Gwen Stefani working on a, some, on a something, like working on this track and like Snoop comes through <laughs> just to see what's going on. I think they'd get along pretty well. I'm sure they would. Yeah. But I'd also kind of want to see how much effort Will I Am put into writing his verse. Like if he just like, Took two seconds, like yeah, it'll f-, and just like moved on with his day because I I really want to see, or maybe he took like five hours, like laboring over every line. I just want to see his thought process, because I I've I've heard him like I got a quote right here. It's like even he's not impressed with my humps. Is it? I got the quote right here. It says like we got to play the hit songs and we used to do let's get it started at the end because that was our big finale, which didn't make sense. And then for a while we did my humps, and then it got to the points where we didn't want to play my humps no more. I didn't want to say I met a girl down at the disco. I didn't want to say that no more lyrically. It wasn't my best. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. But what if can I if I go back in time, and I get to see the whole thing? Can I alter history? <laughs> like, can I walk onto the set of Hollaback Girl and as? Gwen tries to do that kawaii thing with the Japanese girls. Can I just slap that camera out of her hand and be like, girl, don't. <laughs> uh, don't, super do, kawaii. don't do this. Please don't. I respect you too much to not, as a complete stranger, walk up to you and get arrested in the process of saying, please don't. I traveled in time 15 years telling you, I promise, people will look back on this and not like it. And you will probably feel very dumb for having done it. Yeah. Well, I feel like if I could go back to watching my humps be made, I think I would just sit there and stare at Will I Am till he realizes maybe I shouldn't be making this. Like maybe <laughs> if there was just like one other person in the room, he would look at what he was doing and was like, actually, maybe I don't know. I kind of want to get Fergie's take. You know, it's a and not like not like now, like in the moment when they're recording it and filming that video. Is she having fun? Does she want to die? Because you I mean, know it's only one of those two. You know, one of the weird things about the Black Eyed Peas and their dynamic with Fergie, and it, it, it seemed like 
they were constantly talking about fucking each other and they had no chemistry whatsoever no sexual chemistry it was like it's like these they have not hooked up on the road like not a not a one of them there was just no, like, I, no, I feel no absolutely charge. nothing for any of them in that way no yeah and that, i mean not not again not that i usually do period but i think i would go with my hums just because yeah i kind of want to know what it's like to be fergie doing that song like what is that like how do you feel about it like do you go and say like i could you know like is it like pam greer in the 70s with the black black playstation stuff like is it pam where like sometimes it's coffee and she goes well i'm a prostitute but i'm kicking ass Mm -hmm. or is it like black mama white mama or you know any of one of the others like because you can see like pam greer for certain movies she can she can really justify it and other ones it's like can she i don't know yeah you know, did Fergie have certain songs where she thought, no, I could justify this. And if the answer is yes, is My Humps one of those songs? Did she like it? Did she listen to the song and go, I'm into this. I, wa- I want to shake my ass and say that doing so gets me things and then be proven right when I become very rich. <laughs> I don't know. I'm fascinated by that because, you know, it's, right. it's got to be weird to be at, at the center of the storm of that to be because it's because, you know, it is ostensibly her humps on the line. <laughs> I'm, I'm you know, I'm not sure if she wrote her own verse or did. Well, I am right that I kind of feel like she wrote that one herself. But the third, arguably the most important question, not just for this podcast, but in the history of questions, William Shatner, man of the people, toupee owner, girdle wearer. Artist, musician, vocalist, stylist can do a William Shatnerized version of one and only one of these two songs. What song of these two must be shat upon? You know, my first instinct was Say My Humps, but actually I'm not sure. It feels like there's no wrong answer to this one. Like, either way, it'll be hilarious. This shit. They're already, they're already both Shatner songs, let's be real. <laughs> yeah. It's a um, weird question because they're already there. I'm a get, 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 get you drunk. Get you love drunk off my humps. It's really hard. I mean, I don't know. This shit is bananas. Oh, my God. (laughs) I heard that you were talking shit, and you didn't think that I would hear it. Put your pom-poms down. Getting everybody fired up. (laughs) That's great. Actually, I gotta say... um, I think I'm going to go for ho- for Hollow Batgirl just because I actually think that makes it better. <laughs> I think that's I, an improvement. Mix your milk with my Cocoa Puff. Milky, milky, cocoa, mix your milk with my... I don't know. I think maybe my humps is a little too nonsensical. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, he it's it's really his inflection that makes the thing nonsensical. Yeah. I think, you know? I think I'm actually going to go... I thought I was going to go with my humps, but I think I'm going to go with a Hollow Batgirl on that one. All right, so... So we got, it seems. Uh, that sounds like a tie. Kind of, kind of a tie. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. So nothing has really narrowed it down. Which of these two songs, these two great classics, is like, the better song? It was always going to be Hollow Backroll. Like, like I said, I've, I've stopped worrying about blowouts. Like uh, I know, I know. But here's the thing. I am very curious um, just to sort of have somebody with opinions weigh in. What did, what did the listeners say? Because surely they said something better than I did. All right. Eli Janal writes, My college's Jewish student group had shirts made for us that said Hollaback, where the school logo was made of a bunch of loaves of challah bread. 
I think it's as good slash bad a reason as any to prefer Gwen Stefani. Well, if she were a rich girl. <laughs> of all the things. I remember right. hearing that for the first time being like, really? Anyway. Right. Yes, a fair point. A fair point. She did the culturally appropriate that too. So yeah. only fair to do it back. Morpheus writes, okay, so there's this ad for a toy aimed at five-year-old called a poopsie surprise unicorn. And the whole gimmick is that you can make it shit slime. I bring it up because there's an ad with these toys where these slime shitting your unicorns sing a parody of my humps, but it's called my poops. And it's about how these weird off-putting human horse baby creatures love to shit. That's why I voted for Hollaback Girl. I did not look up this ad he's talking about. I think we can do it later, but I'll say this. How that makes you vote for Hollaback Girl, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's putting a little too much on it. You're, you want me to think that you're not into shit, but now I definitely think you're into shit. I'm just kidding. I don't. Yeah, okay. Someone's going to hear that and think I'm being literal. No, no, no. Okay. I don't know. That's fucking weird, though. That's really weird. Who knew that we were going to have a, a scat spot on Song versus Song? It's scat yeah. versus scat. All right. Dan Hogg writes, I hate you, Todd. <laughs> the best comment I've ever heard. That may not be related to the actual actual songs. I think that person just hates me. Although... Matthew Abbott writes, Why do you hate us, Todd? What did we ever do to you? There were a lot of comments like these. <laughs> but there were also a lot of comments where, like, is this even a contest? One of these is good. So either you like Hollaback Girl and hated my humps, or you hate them both. There were not many repping for my humps over Hollaback Girl, but there was one that we got on Twitter that I wanted to share because I, I thought this was interesting. I'm at, ready. At... Pixis Celluloid 2 writes, I might be in the minority here, but I prefer, question mark, my humps. Stefani pretending to be a 35-year-old high schooler pisses me off in a way that a simple butt song, even a horrible one, just can't. I'm not even sure why. Like, you know what? I think that's a decent point. Gwen Stefani at 35. I don't, I'm trying to think. I was 35 five years ago. Did I feel at that point in my life that I could be a, no, I couldn't. No. <laughs> no. Uh, as the most negative person you will ever hear. All right. <laughs> the, the, the king of the pessimists. No. I got Noah Henderson writes, my humps is the wrong answer and I'm 100% voting for it. He, and then he adds, I'll be tuning into this episode to find out if Todd still stands by what he said a decade ago about the time dirty bit being worse than my humps. That was a, a hit they had in 2010 that sampled I've had the time of my life from Dirty Dancing. And uh, Noah... Because you asked, yes, I do think the time is absolutely worse than my humps. My humps is at least memorably bad. And in, even so bad it's good. Maybe not that far. But there's just nothing good about Dirty Bit. Not a fucking thing. There's your answer. All right. You told them. All right. Anything All right. else? No, I think that, that'll hold us off. Who All right. What are the results? Hold on. We'll, you know, guess first. Oh, I know. I mean, like, I didn't know. No, look, no, guess but... how much. Oh, okay. Um, so I think that it's going to be like a 90-10 split. I think it's going to be really bad. I think it's going to, I think it'll be 90% to 10%. Wow, that's, all right. Well, here we are. For a total of 704 to 88. That is an, 
That is an 88% to 12% split. The winner is, in fact, Hollaback Girl. That was almost fucking, on the, like... Almost on the dot. That was it. Yeah, on the, on the that was, I was like, on the bendy. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm really... That's an asshole comment. Remove that, Paul. No. Uh, yes, I, I'm surprised that I got as close as I did. But yeah, wow. That's terrible. What a nightmare. <laughs> sorry, Black Eyed Peas. No one feels bad for the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, they're rich. Why do I care? <laughs> they're rich and they're awful. Not awful like as in bad people. Their, their I, music again, is bad. I have ne- I don't know that there is a group that I am more apathetic to. All right. Well, you want to we, know what, what we, do we got next? All right. Going back to the 80s for this one. And you and your blood may run cold. We are doing 8675309 slash parentheses Jenny versus Centerfold. By the Jay Giles Band. My 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 blood does not run cold, but I don't know that I have an answer for that yet. Nor do so I. Some, some great some great karaoke jams. I guess we'll I guess we'll see next time. Yep. It'll be decided by the voters as always. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. You know what to do. We've got these ways that you can support the podcast to uh, cost you little to no money whatsoever. In fact, ninety nine percent of these things cost you nothing at all. But uh, but a little bit of time, and we all have nothing but that these days. So you can uh, you can go on iTunes. You can give us five stars. You can write a review when people ask you, "Hey, I need to get into a new podcast." You tell them, "Listen to Song versus Song." These two Yahoo idiots talking about music. There's no way you can't connect because you're also a Yahoo idiot that knows about dumbass pop music. It's fun for everybody, and if you want to support us in a financial way. You certainly can do that. We have a Patreon, and for one dollar, you can uh, get a bonus episode every month, and it's nice. And then for five dollars, which is new, yes, you can help decide what the bonus episodes will be about. You can make suggestions for what we should watch. Yep, because we, we are running that ideas. <laughs> yeah, we're our steady supply of new uh, movies has kind of trickled to a crawl. So for five dollars, you can pick. Uh, a suggestion and we'll let people it'll go in the sl- slot of things people can vote on uh, we put it up right at the end of the last month we already got uh, a number of suggestions for this month's episode we'll tell you what it is next episode because we haven't done the voting yet but it should be fun fun <laughs> oh, I can't man, wait I, I haven't even told you what the options are yet you'll oh, tell boy. me afterwards anyway oh, uh, so that's it and you can follow uh, you can follow us on Twitter you got uh, shadow Todd for Todd uh, It'd be weird if that was mine. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at Danny Ordinary. That's Danny with one N, Ordinary also with one N. And Psalm vs. Song Pod, if you want to follow the, the podcast as though it were sentient. Yes, it's sentient podcast. Yes, it has so many things to say about clothes. We'll see you <laughs> next time. So long. Mm-hmm.